G'day mates, g'day ladies, g'day gentlemen, g'day guitar wankers, welcome to another Guitar Wank Post, this is episode 159, this is a cool one, as cool as all the others, uh, this is uh, a guest we have on today, a drummer, we're taking it into a different uh, realm of instrumentation with the amazing Frank DeVito. I'm going to let Bruce uh, introduce Frank in just a second. A couple of things. We have giveaways coming up. Uh, we're going to do that the next show with Bruce. Bruce has got some big, fantastic news that we're all very excited about and hopefully can share that with you officially soon. Uh, remember, he's got his um, video on My Music Masterclass all about the song. We'll just play the song or something about the song. Anyway, it's awesome. Check it out. Uh, make sure you go check that out. Uh, what else have we got? Patreon. Guitar Wank has a Patreon page. And what we've decided to do for those people that feel uh, so amazingly overwhelmed by Guitar Wank that they must contribute in some way or another, uh, all those people on Guitar Wank uh, are going to be up for a lot of prizes. We're going to try and keep that pretty regular we've got giveaways from wire world pro audio cables left coast workshop pedals some stuff from fender uh, i believe we might be getting some uh an amplifier from quilter which would be really awesome we're going to get those guys on the show so lots of things in the pipeline so if you're on patreon it's it's uh it's going to be a big thing because um you're going to be in the running for a lot of cool prizes and you know what your chances of winning are really, really good because <laughs> it's not like there's thousands and thousands of people on there. So get in quick. Go to patreon.com slash guitarwank or you can go to guitarwank.com and you'll see the little subject line up the top. Click on that and that'll explain all that. Uh, if you don't want to do that, you can donate too and we'll make sure you're in the running for those things as well. Uh, leave your messages at guitarwank at gmail.com. Make sure you put your topic or if it's a question in the subject line so it's just easy to keep up with everything uh what else is going on i think that's about it and um scott's busy in the studio editing and tweaking and mixing he's doing all that so he's out for a little bit but we have uh hopefully paul jackson jr coming up very soon joel taylor another amazing drummer i love joel uh, and he's he's gonna be a lot of fun uh so we got some really cool cats coming in we're trying to get oz oz noy i know you've been texting me mate and we've been missing each other but we're gonna get oz uh you know there's so many great people to get and we definitely want to get more people like frank devito because we want to share these stories with you guys this was such a pleasure to sit down with someone like frank devito legendary drummer uh, Sinatra, Elvis, and he's done so much. And just to listen to how the wonderful days were back in the day, you know. So um, sit back and enjoy this. Please keep all the emails coming. Remember, if you want a mug, a cap, we're going to have more mugs than that soon. If you're waiting on an order, it is coming. Don't panic. Uh, we've just been waiting on orders, T-shirts. Uh, things have been a little slow. But they're coming. Hang in there. Thank you so much for all your support. And uh, please keep reviews up because that helps with Guitar Wank on all levels. All right, guys. Have a great week. Be safe. Be kind. Uh, give a shout out to Jeff McElane. His album that he did with Robin Ford just came out. So make sure you go check that out. Robin Ford's album, of course, Purple House is badass and awesome. So I'm sure Jeff's is just as amazing. Uh, check that out. And um, we will see you all next week. Have a great week. Be safe.
one. Frank, pleasure, mate. How you going? What's your name? Troy. 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 Well, I had those drums exactly that 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 setup. Really? Oh, sure. I, w I was endorsing um, Ludwig years ago with the Baja Marimba band, and I had uh, this set only in orange. Um, I had uh, orange mod. Oh, wow. I think it's a sixty. Yeah, that's oh no, that's yeah, that's the early sixties. Yeah. So, see this badge here, that gold, the yeah, early sixties. Yeah. Yeah, they sound great. Yeah, it's a nice kit. Yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's really good. All right. Sit right. This is have nice. a seat, mate. Sit right here. All right. Sit next to you. All right. Thank you so much for coming. Oh my pleasure, man. Yeah. Yeah. This All is right. Great. Took me five, eight minutes to get here. Oh. I hate that intersection there. Don't the, you? Yeah, that one. That, yeah. Man, Lancashire and Violin. Yeah. Uh, 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 little Tonys. All right. The Little Tonys intersection. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a bitch. Here's a uh, microphone. We'll just put that on right sure, there, sure. mate. And uh, okay. actually, you're from the UK. Uh, Australia. Oh, close enough. It's embarrassing when people say yeah. that, isn't it, man? We should be able to tell the difference. Uh, well, um, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, the English have usually got something stuck up their ass, and the Kiwis have got sheep following them around. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what we say in Australia, and I'll probably get in trouble. Uh, and us, Australians, like Australians, you know, they're all like working in movies and stuff, you know. <laughs> well, everybody I know that's been to Australia, man, says they are the greatest people. We are the greatest people, and that is true. Do you remember an old-time <laughs> singer named, uh, oh, 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 I just had it, uh, Erskine. Um, uh, his last name is Erskine, old-time singer. Oh. He came over here years ago, and, and the guys who managed Sinatra were over there, and Norman Erskine, Norman Erskine, and they saw him, and he was like a Frankie Lane uh, a singer. If you remember Frankie Lane, yeah, was yeah. big guy, and he and they brought him over here, and he came and he came on tour with us with Sinatra, and he would come and he'd hang out and listen to Frank and help me set up and all of that. Great guy. This was, God, fifty, uh, yeah, early fifties. <laughs> well, I guess 57. we should start the show. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Can I introduce him? Introduce, mate. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm just, first of all, Frank, we've got this funny little, we, we call it a podcast, it's like a radio show, Okay. and it's basically for frustrated guitar players, and Great. we just complain and rant right. and, and do okay. these things, and... Okay. Uh, but we have interesting guests, and you know, let's face it, guitar players aren't that interesting. <laughs> so we decided to get you. Ladies and gentlemen, we Some got are. Frank DeVito. Uh, no relation to Danny DeVito, are we? Well, you know, I, I worked with, with Danny uh, on, on that picture, Man on the Moon. Uh -huh. the, um, it, was, it was the biographical thing on um, that crazy oh, comedian. Um, Andy Kaufman. Andy Kaufman. Andy yeah. Kaufman. So I got to work with Danny for a few days. But you're not related. Right? We decided I'm. We're cousins. We oh. decided we're cousins. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because I, because I started to hang out with him. He, he's really fun. A great, great guy. And um, uh, I said, you know, people ask me all the time if we're related. And he said, well, where, where did your people come from in Italy? And I told him. He says, oh yeah, I think we're from that area. Ba bing ba bong, and uh, before you know, I said, "From now on, we're cousins, right?" <laughs> and he said, "Yeah." And J Jim Carrey was really uh, uh, interesting. He's an yeah, interesting. He was in character the whole time. Wow! Right? Yeah, was he? I'm yeah. standing in front of a trailer with Danny DeVito and uh, Frank Morocco, great uh, accordion player, if you remember him. And uh, who's the other guy? Uh, guitar player, uh, Tony. Tony. Tony Matola? No, no, out here. It was out here, and, and uh, Tony sings 
and, and plays guitars and a good entertainer. Anyway, he was on it. They wanted an all-Italian band. Mm -hmm. for, we were supposed to be uh, a, a group playing in a pizza joint on uh, Ventura Boulevard in the, uh, in the old days. Anyway, uh, he's walking toward us. We're standing in front of the um, in front of Danny's trailer talking. And um, what's his name? He's in character now. He's, he's doing uh, Andy. Yep. He's doing, so, uh, and when we went on the set, you know, the first day, the director said, don't call him, um, uh, uh, what's his real name? Jim Carrey. Jim, Jim, yep. yeah. <laughs> don't call him Jim. He's, uh, uh, he's Andy. Okay. And he stays Andy, so yep. that's, that's it. So he comes walking toward us, and we're standing there, and, and Danny DeVito says, hey, um, hey, Andy. I just found out this guy's my cousin. And we're all made up and everything. Yep. And he's, and, and um, uh, what's his name? Jim Carrey says, well, he got the good looks. <laughs> pointing at me, you know. And Danny. You know, you, and you're a lot taller than he is. Uh, not a lot. <laughs> Look, I, I, I stretch up to five foot six. No, 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 but Danny is a very, very nice guy. Great guy. Yeah, and Frank is a, a fantastic drummer who you're all will all hear about, and well, we're going to give him an opportunity to complain about guitar players. You're going to have no. to do that. Well, you'll get no. into it. I'm sure you will. <laughs> now, how long have you guys known each other, and how did you guys meet? Not long. Not long. No, I first met you at the uh, at the restaurant there with uh, TJ. With our friend T.J., remember oh, him we did at the smokehouse? No, at the smokehouse. Oh, the smokehouse. That's yeah. right. I don't know if you were working that night. No, I wasn't. I was just hanging. Yeah, you were Somebody hang else was playing. Oh, okay, okay. Right. Yeah, that's that's the first time we met. Right. Of course, I knew about you for for years and years, and and you mentioned one time that you worked with a with a guy that I worked with a lot from the age of eighteen right up until. Uh, you know, before he passed, Buddy DeFranco. Oh, yeah, that? that's yeah. right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I worked, you worked quite with a Buddy. bit with Buddy. Yeah. Oh, wasn't yeah. he great? Oh, man. Yeah, I was Amazing. with him when, 18, 18 years old when, when he uh, he put a group together after he left, a while after he left Tommy Dorsey. Uh -huh. Yeah. And there's a book, there's a fantastic book. So that would have been what, the late 40s? Something like that? Mid 48. Yeah. I, I first met Buddy. I was living in New York City. In a, in a beautiful, funky old uh, hotel on uh, 200 West 50th Street, and full of musicians, uh, Jerry Mulligan, uh, Red Rodney, uh, uh, um, uh, Bill Anthony, bass player, uh, a lot of great players lived there. And uh, uh, I, uh, uh, I was just sharing a little pad there with, with Teddy Charles, mm -hmm. uh, vibe player. Yeah. You remember him? It was, real, it was Teddy Cohen, and then he changed his name to Teddy Charles. So uh, that's, uh, oh, so Buddy was organizing a group uh, and uh, he had vibe player, he had Teddy, and the guitar player was, yeah, I'll think of his name in a while, and, and he was a singer too, mm -hmm. but he never sang with us. But anyway, he needed a drummer, so he mentioned it to, um, to Teddy, and Teddy said, my roommate's a drummer, you know. Teddy liked me because I had my drum set up all the time, and we'd be rehearsing there in this. Can you imagine playing all the time in a hotel, and nobody <laughs> bugged you in a hotel? You know, wow. it was an old hotel, and uh, it was great. Now it's, uh, when, I, when I go to New York, I go by there, and it's a skyscraper, you know. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's in, in that spot. Anyway, that's, uh, so, uh, a buddy said um, uh, uh, to, to, 
to uh, Teddy. Well, tell him to come down to, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna uh, uh, rehearse a little bit down at the Deuces on 52nd Street and bring his drums. Okay, so I did that and that was my audition. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's, that was 52nd Street was still happening. It was great in those days. Well, yeah, Yeah, 48. oh man, yeah. you know. You so Frank, now, where, where, where were you born? Uh, upstate New York, U uh, Utica. Utica. Utica, New York. You know who I just met who's from Utica? Joe Bonamassa. Oh, oh, we just had Joe on. Yeah, isn't he great? Yeah. Where'd you meet Jay? Uh, at uh, at Baroni's at the guitar, big guitar night. Oh, yeah. You know, you you, you guys do that every Yeah, I yeah. never do that, but I mean, well, I know yeah. the guys do it. Yeah, well, uh, it's I don't well, want to be around, you know, I don't want to be around that many guitar, but one grenade will get us all. <laughs> <you know? laughs> wise thinking, wise thinking. <laughs> it's, uh, no, it's a mixture. Of, uh, mostly rock guys. Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot Steve of Travato does it a lot, I know. Yeah, yeah and. Oh, uh, a few, a few jazz players, yeah. but uh, it's a lot of fun. I go. There's a, not too many drummers there, but I like to hang. Do you know? Do you know Eric Singer? He's one of my best friends. He lives next door. Oh, oh is this his street? Yeah. Oh, you mean this? Not that house. Yeah, the house right next door. That's Eric's house. Oh, well, yeah. Just over the fence. Yeah. Oh, over the fence. Yeah. Over that white fence. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's got all of the uh, the, the cars. The uh, what do you call the them? Audis. Audis. He loves yeah. Audis. Yeah. Audis. Oh yeah. They're on the road now. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Oh, you know. So you. He, he's the greatest. Yeah. He's the greatest. Yeah. He comes to my gigs. I'm so flattered. You know. I'm a jazz player. I'm playing. You know. And and uh, I met him and he shows up. You know. And and he, he brings his some of his rocked out friends sometimes. Tattoo Eric's guys. Great. Tattoos. And, you know. They're, but they're digging it. Yeah. They came to came to a gig I was doing at Baroni's one time with with a singer, good singer Laura Purcell, yeah. and Barry Zweig was playing guitar. Mm -hmm. Now you you know Barry. Yeah. Barry's a beautiful player, great player, man. And now we've got Eric. And the booth right next to us is Eric Singer. For those who don't know the name, the drummer with Kiss. He's yeah. been with them for twenty years. Yeah. Great, great drummer and and terrific guy. And uh, Barry's playing. Oh, and the a guitar player was um, Bruce. Another uh, Bruce. Um, uh, what's his name? He was with. He's with Grand Funk Railroad now, and he was with Kiss for for a while. Mm -hmm. Bruce Kulick. Yes, right. Kulick. Bruce Kulick. 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 Yep. He moved to Vegas. So they're in the booth, and and a couple of other guitar players and a drummer, and they're digging uh, Barry, really. And, uh, you know, and, and what we were doing, you know, I was flattered that he showed up, that uh, Eric showed up. And um, uh, 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 Bruce Kulick said uh, later, does, to me, he said, does, uh, does uh, uh, Barry give lessons? Does he teach? I said, yes, he does. He said, I want to take lessons from him. <laughs> he says, you know, so they, they, great. Yeah, they, that never came about because... Uh, 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 Barry's been been ill off and yeah, on. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. just heard. Right now, he's yeah, he's yeah, he's getting good. better now. He's, right. Yeah, he's coming along. He's, on he's, the he's, he's getting better. Yeah, yeah, and, and he's such a great player and that's, such a great. We go we go way back to. Yeah. Uh, he was with Buddy Rich's band and and he played with a lot of great players. Yeah. You, you know. Barry. Yeah. So you were back east and you were playing with Buddy. Is that yeah. how you ended up on the West Coast? No, I came out here. Okay, I was working with Buddy, and then the group broke up, and I went up to Utica, New York, back up to Utica, and uh, start gigging around with a, a tenor player uh, that I kind of grew up with, a little older than I, than I was, J.R. Montrose. 
He's on some records uh, with Miles, mm -hmm. and uh, unfortunately, he died early. Uh, you know, like a lot of uh, jazz jazz players do, they do things they shouldn't be doing. And right. he's a great player. Anyway, jammed around uh, Utica with him. There were some other good players up upstate New York. You know, uh, Salamico, trumpet player, and uh, a good uh, a guitar player, uh, um, Sammy Mancuso. And anyway, gigged around Utica. Then I got a call again from Buddy, and he said, I'm putting a big band together. Got somebody's backing me, and you want to come and play on it? And I said, yeah, sure, with Buddy, you know. And I didn't play, hadn't played with any uh, uh, big, uh, big bands. I did go, I did go in, in, in between a Buddy's small group breaking up and, and when he called me, I, I did go out to the Midwest and play for a while with what we call territory bands. And that was... Uh, Those were kind of big bands usually. Yeah, they were big bands. Yeah. They were big bands. And, and one of them was, uh, uh, the band was, the leader was Bob Astor. Bob Astor. And that was a um, uh, funny thing. Shelly Mann was on the band, a drummer or two before me. And uh, uh, I was told that, uh, listen to this. I, I ran into, uh, Shelly Mann was on it. So I, I was been friends with Shelly's widow for a long time. Oh yeah, Flip, sure. So I said to Flip, I said, one time recently at, at the Vibe, uh, the Vibe uh, show, I said, you know, I, um, I followed Shelly on, on one of those territory bands years ago. Uh, Bob asked her, she says, yes, yes. I said, but I didn't know what I was doing. I never played, but I was a little bebop drummer. I said, I got fired. And she said, so did Shelly. <laughs> I said, really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, Shelley Shelley would have been he was born in nineteen twenty, so he would have been ninety eight now. Wow. Yeah. And he became good friends of mine. Good, and yeah. uh, Shelley was the greatest. I love Shelley. Wow. Oh, great, wow. great, great player and a wonderful guy. I, I knew him from the New York days before they were married when when um Flip was a dancer. At, at the Roxy or the Radio City Music Hall. She was dancing into her 90s, I think. Was she? Yeah. Well, she was, she was <laughs> when she was very young. I ran into Shelly one time. Uh, I think it was, was it the Roxy or, or the Radio City uh, Music Hall where, where there's kind of an arcade yeah. underneath? So I'm walking this way and <laughs> Shelly's coming this way. And I said, Shelly, what are you doing? Where are you going? He said, I'm going to meet my chick, my girl. She works here. She's a dancer. And how long ago was that? <laughs> She's, you know. But anyway, Shelley was the greatest. Uh, yeah, that, that was man. the story. A... So I, I played with that band, and then I, um, then I went back to Utica, and then I got the call from Buddy to Franco again, and and the band was uh, was pretty good. Unfortunately, can we talk about junkies? Yeah, sure. yeah. Uh -huh. we can talk about okay. anything. You want to know? What... There's no rules here. Okay, good. Okay. Anyway. Um, if you know Buddy DeFranco, his playing, are you familiar with him? I mean, it's, uh, yeah. yeah, I played with him. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you yeah. know. Yeah. But uh, he's just just brilliant, brilliant player. Great. He was he was like a big brother to me, and and uh, we had we had uh, a lot of fun together. We were both really skinny at the time, and and uh, we were trying to put on weight. And Buddy was very serious about. Uh, about uh, digging up uh, various formulas that would uh, put us, you know, we're on the road scuffling and we're, we're uh, uh, trying to find something to fatten us up. Uh, but anyway, I, I, I digress. Uh, but um, yeah, uh, it put the band together and mostly guys in New York, out of New York. 
and uh, oh, Gene Quill oh, yeah. was on the band. Very, very famous. Uh, great alto player. Great alto player, and a crazy guy. And he's he's gone now, right? Yeah. So he was un unfortunately hooked hooked on a lot of stuff, and then and well, at one point that band, Buddy DeFranco's band, there were three guys who were not junkies uh, out of a fourteen piece band. Three: wow. Buddy, me, and a trombone player. Uh, it was that rampant back then. It was just crazy. <laughs> yeah, anyway. yeah, it was. It was, was. It was heroin. Yeah. Oh, yeah, heroin, yeah. junkies, heroin. Yeah. 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 So, so when you got out on the road, though, it must have been kind of tough, because guys, you know, I guess. Well, yeah, they were worried about about getting busted all the time. A, a buddy had a manager, and yeah. and he was just beside himself. He said, "These guys are going to get us, uh, you know, in big trouble. Tell, tell them to stop this." I, and and buddy said, "Buddy was really laid back, you know, nicest guy." He says. I can't do that. They, you know, they don't pay any attention to me. I'm, you know, I'm lucky. They, they come in when I count off the band. He said, "There's something else." He said, "But when they, when they play, they're great, aren't they?" He said, "Yeah." But um, anyway, that was interesting. That lasted, oh, maybe nine, ten months on the road, and we became what, what in those days calls a panic, a panic band. We weren't making any money, and we were, you know, scuffling for work. And uh, but it was a lot of fun. But when you're re really young, you don't care. You don't know right. as long as you get to play. Yeah. You know, and that was so. That was wonderful. Went back to New York, and got a gig uh, of uh, six or seven nights a week at a club uh, downtown. I think on Second Avenue. And it was a big nightclub run by, run by, back in those days, a lot of the clubs were run by. Uh, uh, Mafioso. Uh, well, I'm, I'm trying to look for a the word. The organization. Being an Italian, I'm very sensitive about this mafia stuff, you know. <laughs> you know give me a break. Uh, uh, but uh, anyway, uh, yeah, but they were like, they were they were great. The family. They were they organized. Were, they were great. They loved entertainment and entertainers and music and and look at just to make it really short here about Las Vegas. I worked a lot in Las Vegas from the fifties on, and it was the greatest. It was the greatest, man. I kind of you know, I worked how there with, awesome. well, of course, with Sinatra and with uh, Betty Hutton and Ella Fitzgerald and uh, Robert Goulet. And uh, oh, a lot of people, and and they treated you so well. If yep. you, if you're working back then, you, everything was was comped. If you're working with one of these people, the stars, you know, they knew who you were and everything. And uh, that those were good days. Those were good days. Great days for musicians because the lounges, for one thing, were going 24 hours a day. Wow. One group, one band after another, all day. You go in four o'clock in the morning. Wouldn't be too many people in 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 the. Um, uh, on the main floor there, whatever, but the Louis Prima or somebody in the lounge playing, you know. Uh, so much music. It, it was great in those days. Anyway, uh, so I'm in, uh, yeah, getting back to to New York, I had this club, I think six or seven nights a week. We worked from 10 till 2 or 10 till 3, and we were playing shows. The leader was Jack Palmer. He was on the on Tommy Dorsey's band with Frank Sinatra, and he was he was a great guy, good 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 trumpet player. We had like six piece band, I think. 
So I was on that gig and I got a call from Terry Gibbs. We all, Terry Gibbs, the great vibraphone player. Okay. And he said, um, what are you doing? You're working? And, then, and I said, yeah, I'm working on this gig downtown. It's a good band, nice guys, but you know, you know I, I want to play jazz. I mean, I'm not playing jazz. I'm playing a show, you know. So he said, okay, Monday night, he said, I've got the off night at Birdland. And he said, uh, uh, back in those days, Monday nights was like an off night where they, they'd book different people coming in. And it paid $10 a night. I worked there with, uh, uh, who, who's the, 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 the blind uh, uh, jazz guy with, um, uh, 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 Lee Konitz was with him. Lee Konitz and- oh, Lenny Tristano. Lenny. I worked there one night with Lenny Tristano and it was $10. And, uh, oh yeah, that's what it was back then. <laughs> yeah. So at any rate, uh, Terry says, uh, come and work uh, 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 Monday night, next, next Monday. And, uh, and let's see, let's see if we like each other, whatever. Terry was great. So I went in and uh, Bill Crow was playing bass. Great, great player. And the piano player was uh, uh, just phenomenal. A little gal from Detroit. Terry Pollard, uh -huh. she was, yeah, and and uh, it, it was it, it turned out to be a, a lot of fun. But no, now he was going to leave town. That was the Monday. He was going to leave town in about a week. So I had to get out of the gig. Oh, number one, I had to tell make up some story about that Monday night. And, uh, yeah, because they I, didn't take, they didn't like it when you took. No, off. no, and the band leaders, you know, the band leaders, you know, wasn't too thrilled. But Jack, uh, he was a nice guy. Uh, so in order, in order for me to take off that Monday, I made up some story. Look, I got to run up to Utica. My my father's very ill. I made it some story. I, but. <laughs> Birdland used to advertise who was there on Monday nights. Yeah. And a Terry Gibbs group with Bill Crow, Terry Pollard, Frank DeVito, and they all guys all listening to the jazz station. Oh, and when I came back on Tuesday, it's said, Jack Palmer says, hey, you worked at Birdland last night? And I said, how did you know? He said, they, they give everybody's name, everybody, you know, sit. <laughs> and I said, oh, I said, look, Jack, Busted. I love you. I love this band. You know, it's great. I said, but... I want to go on the road with Terry. Like he says, well, I don't know how Lou is going to take this. <laughs> and, I, and I said, uh, you know, but but they understood. They understood, uh, and 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 it worked out all right. So I went on the road with Terry, but we worked a lot at Birdland, which was great. We would work opposite Charlie Parker, Dizzy Gillespie, uh, 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 George Shearing, uh, just everybody. Wow. So we never left, never left the club between, you know, and I got to play. Uh, I, got, I was good friends with uh, great drummers, Roy Haynes, uh, Art Blakey, and, and they would be playing with Bird and those people. And a couple of times, uh, Roy Haynes came to me and he said, look, I'm going to be late uh, 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 tomorrow night. I might miss most of our first set cover for me with, with Bird. And I said, Yes. Yeah. Wow. What a, what a honor that was. I can tell you about uh, Charlie Parker. My opinion of Charlie Parker. Not only was he the most brilliant, in my estimation, the most brilliant jazz player of all time, but he was the nicest guy. Really, he was great. And although he had drug <clears throat> problems and alcohol, 
you never um, you never saw him out of control. You never saw him looking stoned. And he had a great vocabulary that nobody can figure where he got it. Uh, a great vocabulary. Spoken it, it vocabulary. Is spoken yeah. and and musically. Music, of course. And the yeah. musical vocabulary yeah. he had. So I, I do a set with uh, with um, it's oh, one night for for um, Roy Haynes, and for a week we played opposite the Birdland All Stars, Charlie Parker, Dizzy Gillespie, Bud Powell, uh, uh, Curly Russell on bass, and who am I leaving Roy. out? And 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 Roy, you know. Yeah. So I got I got the sub. So you played with you played with Bud Powell and Bird and yes, Dave, oh yeah, a couple wow, of times, man. and then another time. Damn. Uh, after um, after uh, uh, am I going on too long? No, this, this, this is what is it's all amazing. about, man. This oh, is amazing. Oh, okay. Yeah, this, oh, no, keep okay. going. Because I, you know, I like to talk about those days. Oh, because, we love to hear it, right? Yeah, because it, 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 in a way, I feel like I'm reliving some of it. Yeah, you know? and it was some happy, happy days. Well, but now I go to, to that time you're playing with these cats. You're filling yeah. in. What was that like sitting behind those cats? I mean, well. Were you nervous? Was no, it a nervous? I, well, no. And uh, Count Basie, one night, uh, Gus Johnson was playing with Count. We play opposite Basie, and we play uh, played opposite uh, Duke's band, L opposite Louis Jordan, opposite uh, Slim Gaylord. Wow. But that was interesting. He was fun. Yeah, he was great. No, uh, you know, I wasn't overconfident, but I was playing with Terry, and, and Terry was great, and, and uh, we played some fast tempos. Terry could play fast. And and she was such a marvelous swinging player. You know who she is, right? Yeah, yeah. Terry Pollard. Yeah. And I, and I did a couple of albums with her under under her name. And and uh, no, I, I I was excited. Yeah. Excited, but I was only worried about Bud Powell because uh, Bud was kind of crazy and erratic. Right. But I knew Dizzy was beautiful, great yeah, guy, yeah, and all the other guys were. You know, Dizzy, mm -hmm. he's a sweetheart. Hello, my friends. Do you have an exciting product or project and want to introduce it to a community of guitar rankers? A guitar, a pedal, amp, accessory, or new recording, perhaps? Well, how about putting your money where their ears are? We are now accepting sponsors who want to do just that. Reach out to us so we can help you reach out to them. Inquiring wankers want to know. And and uh, but and and the drums, Bud was right here, and the drums were uh, very close to him, so he could just look around, you know, a little bit and look at you, you know. So I figured, oh shit, man, uh, you know. But uh, that night he must have been in a good mood because he just looked at me a little bit, a semi-approving uh, 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 gesture, you know. Yep. So, but uh, just listening to Bird, man. Wow. I mean, there are great saxophone players now, you, you know, and one, wonderful players from, from all over different countries and a lot of guys here, and they're great. But then I'm listening to Embraceable You, Charlie Parker, you know, one of his things, and... He's something else. He's something else. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I agree 100% with you. Buddy DeFranco was totally flipped out over... 
over uh, uh, over Bird, over Charlie Parker. So you were you were born in what year? In the thirties. The thirties. <laughs> well, no, I know. I'm, no, I'm just saying because I'm I, in my eighties. I'm you, in my eighties. No, 80s. but you, yeah. you weren't you weren't part of the previous generation, obviously. So like when. Well, Fifty Second Street was still going. Yeah, but yeah. Was, you know, but my, my point is, is yeah. like, you know, I, I, well, I don't know any any anymore. But I mean, I knew guys when I was yeah. young yeah. who had been playing before Bird hit the scene. You know, before the bebop thing hit. You know, they were swing yeah, I rem- and, 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 yeah. and I remember how their like whole feeling about that music. You know how right, was, right. Like they hated like it. Coleman you know, Hawkins and guys yeah. like that, and and even. Uh, um, I remember reading an article uh, of Count Basie. You know, when they when he heard when he heard he he he, he said um, uh, said to Bur- to Bird or maybe somebody in his company, uh, can he find a note he likes? Play so many notes. <laughs> yeah. But then later, at the very beginning, I'm up in Utica, New York, and playing with this great tenor player, uh, J.R. Montrose, and and we're, we're all of a sudden we're we're discovering bebop is coming right. on the scene. Max Roach, wow, and Charlie Parker and Dizzy, and and it was just a you know wow. It was just, just like a, an ev- just a, a revolution, revolution. Yeah. a revolution, man. Yeah. And I never we never heard uh, drums like that before. Max Max had great chops, and he he would uh, tighten up his drums, tighten up the drums. And you have to have good to play on drums that uh, that that are tight. You have to have good chops. Mm-hmm. And and uh, like like Buddy is the great uh, Buddy is a great example of that. Of course, Buddy, Buddy Rich. Rich could yeah. Buddy Rich could sound great on a on a on a garbage can, a chair, and, and a, 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 a plate. Whatever he played on, he, to me. He he's up there with Charlie Parker. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. I was a I was one of the pallbearers at Buddy Rich's funeral, wow. and we were close friends for many years. Uh, when I would work at the Sands uh, Sands Hotel with with uh, Sinatra, um, Frank always asked them to put a Buddy and his a group in uh, in the lounge, and Buddy would have suites with him, and uh, 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 alto players Sonny. Sunny, Sunny Stitt? No, not Sunny Stitt. I forgot. But it was great. So we'd be in there, me and every other drummer, yeah. within a 400 miles would be into, you know, because Buddy was playing. And, that, and that's how I got to be friends with him and hang out. And he was the greatest. And, but, but I was talking about... Um, 52nd Street. 52nd Street. The Three Deuces, the famous Door, Jimmy Ryan's... Uh, uh, um, what else were some of the clubs? One, one club after another jazz i'd be standing in front of i remember standing in front of the oh and i worked uh, i worked the uh, deuces with Kay winding uh one night he was a very nice guy a real good guy and a good good player yeah you know who he was yeah right? trombone player yeah yeah great trombone player he was around the scene and and later he got together with jj uh, johnson mm-hmm. and uh, k and j yeah yeah those guys were great so i'm one night i was hanging out we'd go down to 52nd street and hang out you know we we were young and, and Birdland was there too, right? Birdland was yeah. Birdland was was on on the corner of Broadway, pretty much Broadway and Fifty Second, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then going down Fifty uh, Second Street on the right was the Hickory House, and at that time Marion McPartland Trio was playing there, Joe Morello drummer and uh, Bill Crow, 
Bill Crow, great bass player. And we used to go in um, and hang out uh, at the Hickory House. And, and during the breaks, uh, Joe Morello, uh, we go in the back there at a, um, at a booth and uh, uh, Joe Morello would show, would show us uh, his, he had a special technique, you know, fingers and everything. And he was a great guy and, and fantastic drummer. And uh, he would show us uh, his finger technique and all this stuff. And uh, yeah, that, those, those were great days. But, but I remember one time I'm standing in front of the three deuces hanging out and I'm talking to Art Blakey. Art was great, man. Uh, I, went up to, I went up to his apartment one time and, and uh, he says, well, when you come up, you know, so-and-so street, he says, and then you walk up the stairs there, the, 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 I forget the, the address, what it was, but he said, don't look for Art Blakey. Uh, my, my name is Abdul Bohan, Abdullah Bohan, <laughs> his, his Muslim name. Right, right. Uh, Bohana. Yeah. yeah. And he's a great guy. But we're staying there talking, and uh, Lester Young walks across the street with his horn. He's coming from, from the other side of the street, and he had the pork pie hat, and he, he wore long hair back then, back then. So uh, Blakey wasn't too thrilled with that. He's very conservative, being Muslim yeah. and everything. And he said, look at that man. Look at, look at the way he's, he's got his hair. He said, <laughs> he said, you see Charlie Parker with long hair? No. <laughs> and, and, and he... He can, he can play, he's the world's greatest saxophone player, and he don't have, you know, he's talking about hair, you know. <laughs> and I'm a kid, I'm going, uh-huh, yeah, you're right. But, uh, no, it was great. Dizzy, you got to know Dizzy, right? Yeah, I worked right, with Bruce? Dizzy. Yeah, I worked with Dizzy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, op we played opposite Dizzy one time in, um, oh, uh, Chicago, the Blue Note. Mm -hmm. Blue Note was a great club in Chicago. If you know, I played there with Buddy to Buddies, and, and with um, uh, and with Terry a couple of times, and one and one week uh, worked opposite uh, Dizzy and Charlie Persip was playing drums uh, with Dizzy, and uh, uh, we had a we had a great time. We we're all staying at the uh, at that hotel in Chicago, where all the musicians always stayed there. I was trying to think of the name of it the, the other night on Rush Street. Um, anyway, Dizzy was staying there, and uh, uh, his guys, and Terry and I, and uh, 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 one morning, well, maybe around 11 o'clock, the phone rings, and it's, hey, he used, he, he liked to do funny voices, Dizzy, you know, <laughs> hey, baby, what you doing? And I said, oh, Diz, I said, yeah, oh, nothing, man, I'm, I'm still in bed. He says, you want to take a little tour of Chicago? You got your car, right? Terry and I were traveling with two cars. And, and uh, I, he said, you got your car? And I said, yeah, it's around the corner, you know. He says, meet me down, uh, meet me down in the coffee shop in, in about uh, 20 minutes, and we'll do a little tour. And I said, yeah, I'll be here. <laughs> Dizzy, you know. So I got on and meet him. And, and he shows up coming out of the elevator and he's got all these cameras and equipment on him. He was taking pictures and got all these cameras. And okay, so to make it short, I go out and I get the car and, we, and Dizzy gets in. And, and I say, okay, where are we going? Well, mm, go down, go straight now, go straight down Rush Street. And I'm, I'm just following, you know, in Chicago, I wasn't familiar with it. And we went to about, not to exaggerate, 
probably six or seven different apartments. There, every he knew everybody in the world. Everybody knew Dizzy, you know, and mo mostly with, with they were chicks, you know. And, yeah. you know, and we go and knock on the door, and they come up, eh, Dizzy, what what are you doing here? He says. I was in the neighborhood and I thought I'd come in. You got anything to drink? This is my friend. This is my little drummer friend from New York. You know, and, you know, we'd go in there and, and he'd take pictures. Yeah, I'm posing and taking pictures. I'm just digging the whole scene. I'm, 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 I'm traveling with Dizzy Gillespie, having a ball, man. And so we go to different, uh, different places and he's taking pictures like crazy. He's in a great mood. Dizzy, Dizzy was a, a wonderful man. And, uh, Totally, totally uh, clean of any drugs. Yeah, he ne he never did any, right, Bruce? The, the, oh yes, well we don't count that. Oh, okay. oh right, we yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it's we, legal we now. <laughs> yeah, a little a little uh, marijuana smoking. Yeah, it's legal. Well, yeah. Which reminds me of the time, uh, uh, Red Rodney, you know the great uh, bebop trumpet player. Yeah, I worked with Red. Sure. Oh, okay, yeah. you know Red. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Actually, I was on the road with him for a little while yeah. Yeah. when he was with Ira Sullivan. Oh, gee. Red yeah. and Ira. They From Chicago, that, yeah. 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 Ira, Ira yeah. was great. Yeah. And Red was a good friend of mine. And he was staying. He he came on the road. Uh, we did a one little tour with Terry Gibbs one time, and Terry decided to add two horn players and see how that worked. Um, uh, Bob, Bob, Bob Brook Meyer and Red Rodney. Okay. Yeah. And, oh, wait a minute. And Bob Brook Meyer and Phil Urso, uh, tenor yeah, player. Sure, sure. Yeah. yeah he's in, he was the, in Denver for a long time. Okay. That's where and, he ended up. Great players. Real characters, too. Most. Yeah. Brook Meyer was pretty cool, though. Yeah, he Red, was. Brook Meyer's kind of a southern, player, yeah. southern cat, wasn't he? Originally. I don't know where he was from. I mean, I, I <clears> met <throat> him, but I never played with him. Yeah. I heard him play a whole lot. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Loved that play. band was a dream band we yeah. had for a little while, you know. Yeah. But uh, 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 Terry tried it. He talked to uh, uh, Joe Glazer, the uh, management, into booking us on some things. But uh, then it got to be too expensive with us. We were probably making a hundred dollars a week back then, you know, whatever. But uh, anyway, that that was uh, uh, that that was a lot of fun. But I stayed with Terry for two years, 1953 and 1954. We worked 50 weeks a year wow. at, at jazz clubs, a lot uh, a lot at Birdland, but on the road, uh, Atlantic City, uh, um, uh, uh, Chicago. Uh, Detroit, uh, uh, Cleveland, uh, did I say Pittsburgh Cleveland? Philly, all of those, yeah. yeah, all those clubs. Yeah, and mostly the Eastern, you know. Yeah, yeah, the Eastern right. Midwest. And then we, were, then we, uh, in in 50, the end of '54, we were coming out here to uh, go up to San Francisco, the Blackhawk. Mm. So we worked the Blackhawk for a couple of weeks, and then uh, came down south, and, and we were going to work at. Uh, uh, a club, a jazz club that was behind the uh, the, the the hotel there. Um, uh, uh, Jack Tucker was the owner of the club, and I can't remember the beautiful night, beautiful little uh, jazz club uh, behind the um, uh, the Coconut Grove. What's that hotel? The, the, the uh, God, I don't know the LA scene. From yeah, the, the Coconut Grove, uh, uh, famous uh, thing. Yeah. Hotel. Anyway. Anyway, we worked there, and uh, oh well. Anyway, when when uh, Terry decided we're we're through with the gigs here, and the, oh, the next gig was in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. But in the interim, since we were in 
L.A. for a few weeks, or maybe maybe a month and a half, I just fell in love with California <laughs> and and all the, the whole scene. And I grew up in in New York State, you know. And you get up in the morning if you got a car and you scrape the windows and you're freezing and all of that. And then you're out when you first come to California, like a lot of people, man. They yeah. just say, and and I'm in my early twenties and all these beautiful young chicks and yeah. everything and and a lot of jazz clubs when, when when i came out here and and so i decided to stay and that was in uh december of 54. how old were you then 20 some odd yeah. early 20s yeah wow maybe late 19s no early no <laughs> i was 20-ish yeah 20-ish isn't it isn't it I can't really hit hit on the exact age. Well, that's of that. okay. But you, you, you got, got the idea. year. That's good enough. Close yeah. Enough. Okay. I'm, I'm close. Close. You can, you're doing better than I could do about my life. Uh, it wasn't as interesting. <laughs> well, no, no. But I was. Here's what I. Anytime I I'm on a panel or anytime I'm talking to people, I always say I was in the right place at the right time. That's all. And I was, you know, thrilled and happy to be there. And I knew when I was. Like you, you probably did when I was very young, 13, 14 years old. That's what I want to do. I want to be a musician and I want to play the drums. I mean, I, that was it. And I was terrible in school. Uh, I never went to high school. I, I quit school at 15 and a half. And I went on, on one of those, during that time, I went on one of those uh, territory bands. But, you know, I was lucky, lucky to be. And, and uh, okay, so I left. I left Terry and stayed here. So you here. left Terry to stay here. To Terry stay went here. went back to, New, to he, Vegas. Well, the, New they, uh, Vegas, they had a gig in Vegas. Then you did that, right? No, I didn't do no, the didn't. gig. I stayed, stayed in L.A. Uh -huh. and, and uh, started to meet people. Tommy Tedesco was one of the first guys I met. Wow. Fortunately. Yeah. Fortunately, because he helped me. Uh -huh. And, uh, and uh, then, I, then I started where Buddy came and moved here for at that point, moved, moved, moved mm -hmm. to, uh, to L.A. in the Valley. And so he started to get some gigs around and started working with him. And he had Pete Jolly playing piano and Ralph Pena. And then uh, I got to work with um, a Pete Jolly Trio uh, for quite a while, off and on. And that, that was great. And uh, trying to, uh, I was really trying to get, it was the beginning of rock and roll, really. And, and most jazz drummers, well, yeah, most jazz drummers either did not want to get in that because it was a real primitive thing at the very beginning, you, you know. Now you've got Vinny and, and Weckl and all these guys, man, they've carried it to, carried the art of playing the drums, man. You know, just, just uh, unbelievable. Uh, I heard something today on the jazz station. Uh, 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 who's, the, who's the composer, piano player? Dave Grusin. Dave Grusin. Mm -hmm. uh, an arrangement of a West Side Story with mostly New York guys. And man, it was great. And the drummer was Dave Weckl. Mm -hmm. And oh, man, nice, great guy too. Uh, uh, I, I met him a couple of times. Oh, you know who I met a couple of weeks ago? Uh, 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 they threw a birthday party for Hal Blaine, 90th birthday party. Wow, yeah. wow. Everybody knows who Hal Blaine is, sure. I think. I don't have to talk about him. But he's a good buddy of mine. He helped me a lot, too. And 
the place is packed. It's the Baked Potato uh, Jazz yeah. Club. And uh, the place is packed. And at one point, and I'm sitting in the back against the wall there. And at one point, I see a, a gray-haired fellow, not too tall, coming this way. And as he gets closer, I, I recognize it's Charlie Watts. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I always, and Jimmy Keltner is a good friend of mine. And Keltner is a good friend of Charlie Watts and right. Ringo and those guys. And, uh, and I'm pretty much contemporary with, uh, with Watts and, and, and Ringo. And I know that Charlie Watts loves jazz. Oh, yeah. And, and he likes to talk about uh, jazz players. He, he you know, uh, somebody told me, uh, oh, Keltner says, you know, he wants to know about Dave Tuff and Sid Catlin and Joe Jones and, and those guys and Max and all yeah. those. He says, he says we got to get together with him. And I said, the next time he's in town, call me, man. I want to meet him. So this, I, I get to meet him. And he came over. And I went over to uh, Jimmy Keltner, who was talking. Like, I said, excuse me. <laughs> it was crowded in there. Yep. So, so uh, Jimmy, you know who Jimmy Keltner oh, yeah, is? Yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah, man. And he's a, besides his great work he's done, he's a wonderful uh, guy. And we get on the phone sometime, and we, we talk for an hour and a half, man. Yeah, he, he's... <laughs> He's great. But anyway, he introduced me to Charlie. And he said to Charlie, we have to get together with Frank here. He goes way back uh, with a lot of great jazz players of Stan Getz and, and all of those people. And Charlie goes, mm, okay. So <laughs> I guess the Stones were doing something at um, the Henson Studios. used to be A&M oh, uh, yeah, in yeah. Hollywood. Yeah, yep. I, I'm familiar with that uh, studio. I worked there a lot. I was work, uh, working for a... Uh, uh, Working with a band called Baja Marimba Band mm. back in in the sixties, it was uh, we recorded on A and M. We were kind of an offshoot of the Tijuana Brass, yeah, yeah. and we had a great run. We had about six years, six six seven years. Great, all all the TV shows and wow. albums and and uh, traveled all over. Traveled too much really, but then then it uh, then it broke up. But A and M was a great company to work for, man. Really class. Immediately, immediately when when the, they saw the group was going to be successful, they they uh, they set up a profit sharing thing for us. Can you imagine that? Wow! The, the musicians in a band, that, you know, the record company, uh, uh, and uh, not only that, um, uh, a weekly um, what do you call it? retainer? Fif wow! Fifty-two weeks retainer. Yeah. Well, they were back in those days, you know. A&M was huge, yep. you know, and they were making a lot of money, and we were bringing in some money for them. And I got to play on, on uh, some of the early um, uh, 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 Tijuana Brass. I played on uh, an album called Whipped Cream, the, the album with the girl With the girl covered, with the whipped cream, yeah. yeah. Whipped cream. Wow, and early, so I played cool. on some early, early rock, uh, uh, Surfing USA, uh, oh really? Hal, for Hal Blaine. Hal Blaine played on most of the uh, uh, Beach Boys stuff. Yep. But uh, he was so busy, and Earl Palmer. Those guys were so busy, and they were friends of mine. And they would throw work my way. So one day I get a call, uh, and it's um, uh, somebody from uh, Brian Wilson, whatever. And uh, you available uh, Thursday, uh, two two to five at the Western Recorders? I said I'm available. Yeah. So I get there, and it's Brian Wilson, and, uh, uh, and we worked on one tune. 
I never did any gigs with them, concert, nothing. I just did one record date with them, half hour over time. And, and, the, and the record, I didn't know the name of it. And it turns out it's Surfing USA. Seven years, that's huge, yeah. that's huge on the drums. Yeah. Boom, wow, boom, man. Boom, boom, boom. Very simple. Everybody yeah. goes, That was how boom, Blaine boom. was always doing that, too. Right? Oh, yeah. And well, he invented big, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Boom, boom, wow. boom, boom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Frank, yeah. What, does that, what does that feel when you hear that song nowadays and looking back? Does it well, take you right back to there's, that there's, session? You know, that people make a big fuss. The young people make a fuss out of that. Make yeah. a big fuss out of that. Young drummers. There's. Uh, I was on YouTube one time. And there's a young kid in, in, in the UK, yeah, really young, and, and he's a drummer, and he's, he, what he does is he takes records, mostly rock popular records, and, and he, um, he breaks down what the drummer is playing on there. Yeah. And, and, you know, and Hal and Earl and guys, guys like that, and, and, the, and the, the British drummers and so forth. And I see that he's, I hear my name. And he said, Frank DeVito was a, was a, uh, a session drummer. And I'm, he plays on this. And, and, and uh, obviously substituting for uh, Hal Blaine, which I was. And he went on and on. And he charges some, he charges you, he gives you a taste of, of it. And then he'll say, for, for $9.95 or whatever, uh, you know, uh, I will uh, send you how how the heck ever how you do it. I I'm not I'm not into all of the the computer stuff, but you you know. But anyway, uh, he's breaking it down now. I I couldn't I don't remember what I did on there. I, I remember that boom boom because I was not a big fan. I mean I know the Beach Boys were great and everything, but I wasn't a Beach so I didn't listen to the record, so I didn't know. Right. Uh, I knew the Sinatra records that I was on. I listened to and I knew what they were. Yeah. You know, or the jazz, jazz stuff, but uh, the, the rock things, and I played with a lot of those uh, uh, in the early days. Uh, uh, Sam Cooke, uh, wow. uh, 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 who else? Uh, Richard, Richard, no, Richard uh, Groove Holmes was a jazz player, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Organ so, player. Yeah, I did an album with him. A lot, a lot, a lot of stuff back then, and I, uh, I had a concept to play straight eights, you know. And I wanted to. I'm raising a family, and now I got a couple of kids, and I want to be a studio player. That's where the money is, and I don't have to travel, you know. So, and and I still got to play jazz. Got to uh, and, and work with big bands. I uh, did it in the early '60s, six or seven months with Stan Kenton, which was a thrill for me. I was always, uh, you know always um, a big fan and to play drums in that band. And Stan was stationed out here. And, and uh, so most of the gigs he did, and it, and it worked. Uh, it, it worked, the, the Baja Marimba was just starting and we weren't doing that much at the beginning. So I was able to do Stan's gigs. And it was, yeah, six or seven months. And great guy, wonderful Frank, guy. What was the session that you did? What was that payday for that? Do you remember? Uh, the scale for, for Surfing USA? Yeah. Do you remember? $95. For the day? Yeah. Wow. And I always say they probably made $95 million million. so far on that. <laughs> yeah, but, but uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, did, you, did you end up doing a lot of session stuff in that in genre or did, was it oh, a bit well, of everything? That's the only record dates were. No, I did some albums. Uh, I yeah. did jazz. Jazz. I did uh, a few things with Buddy DeFranco. Yeah. One was with a big orchestra called Broadway Showcase, big orchestra, strings and uh, uh, big, you know, the horns and all, all of that. 
And, uh, oh, I did uh, an album with a, a jazz album, um, um, Steve, Steve Allen. Right. Steve Allen's All Stars. Terry Gibbs was on it. Red Mitchell on bass. Uh, I forget who else. Uh, Gus Bavona on clarinet. And uh, yeah, no, I did a, a lot of uh, a lot of albums that weren't rock, but most of the stuff w- was rock oriented. So when when you did that session, so around that time, it was yeah. you were playing around doing well, the session. A lot of things. other people. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah, I was busy. jumping around just wherever I've, the gigs were. And I have a large cardboard box with all of my date books in it. Wow. And I, I can tell you, if you ask me, what were you doing on October fourth? In 1979 or 1968, I, I got my, I have my, all of my books. Wow. I have all those books. I love it. Oh, yeah. We worked it like 9, 10, 15 times a week, average, like nothing back then. Yeah. And, and I was talking to Hal about that. And he says, well, yeah, that, that era cost me two divorces. You know? <laughs> and I said, well, it, I, luckily my wife put up with it. <laughs> uh, yeah, she put up. Well, she had a career going. My, I met my wife. I was in, in uh, Vegas with Frank Sinatra, and she was a dancer at the uh, Sahara Hotel. And she had recently come from, she was from Norway, Oslo, Norway, but she uh, was working around Scandinavia as, as a teenager, ballet and so forth. And then, then she got... They were looking for dancers at the Lido in Paris. So she and a couple of the gals went, went to Paris, and she got the gig at the Lido. Which, if you ever seen the Lido, man, it, back in those days, it, was, it outdid Vegas. Fantastic big club with a big orchestra. It was great. And, uh, and then she, and then this uh, choreographer, big choreographer from Vegas, Don Arden, he he wanted to, he's doing a new show and he wants some tall and he was a screaming gay guy. He's very yeah. very exuberant. Yeah, he was he was wonderful. He was great, yeah. and uh, uh, he he wanted some girls. Ta- I want some tall, beautiful girls. And somebody said, "Well, well go to Europe. You know, get the, these English girls and, and Scandinavian girls. They're tall. The, the not too many. Most of the real great dancers in this country are not that tall. And and um, and the French girls are not too tall, but the Eng- English girls, yeah. I got to know some of them through my wife, and they're great, and Scandinavian girls and German girls, you know, they're big. And my wife was um, five foot nine and a half and, with, in flats, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I was five, five, six. And we met at a party. Uh, because the, uh, the the owners of the hotels back then, they would throw these parties for the casts, you know, and all the girls would come there and the guys in the band and 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 uh, somehow I, I met her and she came and we, were, we had a rehearsal the next afternoon at the Sands and I told her, I said, you know, I think Frank is going to be there tomorrow. Uh, uh, have, you, have you seen him yet? No. And I said, well, come by. And, you know, and she did and, and after she came to the... Sinatra rehearsal, and uh, and we talked and everything, and and uh, six months later we were married, and wow. we were married for over fifty years. And she after she stopped dancing, uh, we came to town. We moved here from Vegas. Uh, she became a runway model, and and had a great career. 
for for a while. L.A., New York. Wow. Yeah, and she and then then we had the kids, and the kids started to grow, and that's when uh, I didn't go on the road anymore. And she wasn't traveling that much, and but she had a great career. She passed away about uh, two and a half years ago. I'm sorry, man. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, and man. Were you living in L.A. or did you move out to the desert or? Yeah, well, I'm, I moved back here to the Studio City area, the valley, about a year and a half ago. And before that, we moved down to Newport Beach around oh, that's 19, where it was, 1997. Right. And I was still doing some stuff out of town, and we're right yeah. near the airport. And, and Marit's, my wife, her sister, lived uh, down in Newport Beach. And, and she... You know, and, and what was left of her family now was in Norway, and she didn't get to see them much. She wanted to be near her sister. Yeah. And and I, uh, there were some gigs in in the Newport New, Newport Beach area. Sure. Back at that time, and I said, well, and, and Paul Krybeck, great drummer friend of mine, uh, he said, you can sub for me. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm working at the uh, Balboa Bay Club. Anyway, to make it short, that worked for uh, uh, for quite a few years. And then, uh, uh, then the, as as happens to a lot of uh, in a lot of jazz situations, they folded a little by little. <laughs> <And> really? <laughs> I didn't notice. I thought yeah, it, right. I thought I just had, I thought I just had bo or something. No, I'm looking at Bruce as I said this, and, he, and he's nodding his head up and down. Oh yeah. Well, but anyway, anyway, that was great. So I'm back, and um, I've been doing some gigs. I'm surprised I didn't think I would be. Now, but, tell us about. So you you were in you did the. The, the Beach Boy gig with Brian Wilson blah, yeah. blah, blah, back then. So how did you fall into the, the Sinatra situation? How did oh, that come about? Very simply. Very, it was simple. Tommy Tedesco. Ah, you little Aussie bastard, Troy. Yeah, I know. I know. I hear you. I hear it all. Stopping it right there. So you got to tune in next week for continuation of uh, the Frank uh, DeVito stories. It's like a Scorsese podcast. <laughs> That's the vibe I'm getting. Um, anyway, so come back next week. Big shout out to my mate Dean Stewart. Happy birthday, mate. Hope you have a good one. He doesn't listen to this. He's a sax player. Sax players don't listen to this shit, do they? I don't know. We'll see. All right, be safe. Uh, leave reviews, emails, Patreon. They, uh, Bruce will tell you a little bit more here. All right, guys. Thank you. All right, you know how this works. It's the internet. Everybody cares what you think. Everybody needs to know what you think. So leave us a review, especially a positive one. And uh, we really appreciate it because we do this for you. Please do this for us.